everyone and welcome to another episode of Take Me Out podcast. My name is Evo Susha and I'll be taking you on a journey to China. For today's episode, we are discussing the Chinese social credit system with Samantha Hoffman. Samantha is a senior analyst of the Australian Strategic Policy Institute and her expertise is on the domestic and global implications of the People's Republic of China taking hands authoritarianism and she has extensive knowledge on the Chinese social credit system. This might sound like another episode from the Black Mirror, but it certainly is a reality. In 2014, the Chinese Communist Party introduced a new system of mass surveillance that relies on big data to monitor citizens' behavior, and that is called the social credit system. So, Samantha, could you please tell us your views on this? Thank you. Sure. Well, thanks so much for having me. Um, the social credit system, I think it's best to describe it first as a system that is linked to the party's objectives of shaping, managing, and controlling uh, society and the party itself, actually. Um, I think that oftentimes in the public conversation about social credit um, early days, uh, there was a focus on the idea of a social credit score where people uh, sort of similar to that Black Mirror episode where people um, rate each other on, on interactions. And and it's I think it's useful to, to refer to that for one reason. And that reason is that um, when you know that your behavior is judged or somehow um, your decision making uh, will be uh, impacted by the system, uh, you may change your behaviors um, as either a company, a corporate um, entity, or as an individual. Uh, but otherwise, that episode of Black Mirror isn't isn't reality in terms of what China's social credit system is. Um, the social credit system is also a lot of different things, and that there um, there is some fragmentation in the way that it's developed um, because I think what tends to happen with a lot of, especially with the tech-linked um, developments that I that I pay attention to, is that there's a lot of um, sort of the technology catches up to the ideas over time and the ideas refine as the technology itself catches up, if that makes sense. Uh, so, so there's a, b a bit of fragmentation there for a number of reasons. Um, but essentially it's a system that does a lot of different things. I mean, one of, one of the things would be to uh, improve enforcement and improve the ways that, say, if you were um, a, a useful case to point to, and, and I refer to it a lot just because it's it's one very visible case where you can easily look up the media reporting around it, is, is that um, the Civil Aviation Administration a couple of years ago told many international airlines that they had to change the way they referred to Taiwan on their websites and Hong Kong. And if they didn't change the way that they refer to that, they'd be accused of... Um, well, first of all, not implementing what the regulation that they were told to implement, and second of all, by not choosing not to do that, they'd be accused of being dishonest. And then that dishonesty would be marked on a credit record uh, with the Aviation Administration of China, and then that record would prompt other enforcement. So under, for instance, the cybersecurity legislation. And so it's, it's, it's almost a, um, a, a mechanism that, that helps with enforcement, but it's also a way of integrating information and data. So they, uh, they, they basically created the system for um, punishments and benefits. So if you do something wrong, you're punished. And if you do something right, you're, you have benefits. So um, I know that they 
everyone starts with a number, a set number, and then that those points, there are the points and they reduce points to ter- based on what they do socially. So um, I know that many people have had travel bans as well. Um, so they cannot travel within the country and out of the country itself because of their social credit uh, score. Um, and I believe that's quite extreme. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, so I, I mean, it's possible that um, that in some cases numbers might be attached to the credit system, but I think it's more uh, important to kind of focus on things like blacklists or sometimes red yeah, lists. And for, uh, if you were, um, and, and those are really long existing, what, what's being added here, I think, is, is more where the social credit system is perhaps different from from what comes before it is that it's um, it's sort of a version of this tech enhanced authoritarianism. So I describe China's use of technology as a not creating something new in terms of the way the PRC governs, but rather using technology to augment existing processes. So over time, as the concept of the social credit system and the development of technology um, catch up with each other. Um, and of course the concept of social credit, it is something that is, is evolving because the system will always be evolving according to the way the party talks about it. Um, but it's, a it's essentially that tech is being used to help increase, I would say, um, interoperability or, uh, um, data sharing, information sharing, and so on. The blacklists themselves, the idea that, um, there are, uh, that politics is baked into enforcement. Um, the idea, um, the ideas behind the system themselves itself isn't, aren't necessarily that new. If that makes sense. So, um, so then what we're looking at, um, it's almost, to me, it's almost logical within the system itself. Um, but what's different, obviously, is also as as the ideas and the tech catch up, then the ability to sort of expand that enforcement globally also takes place. So with the airlines case, what was useful about that as well is that it kind of, it's no longer the party state saying, oh, you've hurt the feelings of the Chinese people, rather here's here's a regulation that you've you've violated and here's how it's gonna affect your business. And, and you know, all the airlines uh, changed the way they referred to Taiwan on their website because it affects their right to operate. In, yeah. in the PRC. So and, and that, I'm sorry. Um, oh, so, do you believe that um, so the legal side of the social security system is up to date with the technology? Um, or do you think there is a, a big difference, a, a big gap that needs to be filled? I don't think, I mean, it depends on, on how you look at it. I mean, I think that the regulations around social credit are evolving. Um, but it's important also to remember that the the law in China is what the party says it is. Yeah. And so I think that's that's something that gets lost in some of the debate on social credit, which is focused on the legal system rather than the entire political system itself and the legal system being one part of it, um, because it is a lot more complex than, than the law, um, even though I think some analysts over, over focus um, or focus on that too much um, without without considering the political implications. Um, but that being said, the technology, one thing that I've noticed in, and especially in recent debate, is there's a tendency to focus on the fragmentation of the system um, in terms of like the creation of data islands. 
Um, now, sometimes in the way that the debate plays out, because there's very little conversation between between the analysts of the sort of political or legal system and, and the technical analysts, is that actually the data sharing and integration isn't that difficult, even if if it's stored in multiple different places. Uh, you need a standardization of the way that database schema looks, for instance. And so um, actually, I don't see that standing in the way too much, uh, even if there are many companies, for instance, that are involved in the development of the technologies or the social credit systems across um, provinces or cities, for instance. So I think that it's not that far off from being a lot more effective. But of course, we have to remember that even incremental changes yeah. in the way that technology is effective is perhaps quite significant for the people or companies on the other side of it. So what do you believe is the biggest challenge in the social security system? Um, so the biggest challenges of the social credit system, I think, are actually uh, uh, politics. Um, go, ba go back to politics, and it's, it's actually the party itself. If you look at um, anything related to the party's um, tech authoritarianism, the biggest thing standing in the way is that the party's fear is that maybe party members won't be loyal um, to the party. Um, any crisis, for instance, any major uh, crisis in the PRC, oftentimes there's an internal uh, political component within the party. And so um, that hinders um, that hinders the kinds of things that need to take place for social credit to be nationally effective. Um, uh, for the kinds of data sharing to take place. It's not actually the technical difficulty, it's more of a political one, if that makes sense. Um, so, thank you for that answer. Um, and what do you think there are the pros and cons of the social um, credit system? Um, it's an interesting question. I think oftentimes with anything related to China's tech authoritarianism, um, it, it might be a bit of a mistake to focus on the positives and negatives rather than the way the party state governs uh, or uses technology to support governance. So the way I describe it is that technology is attached to um, normal social and economic development and the normal things that a government should do where control is one aspect of what the party aims to do through those systems. And so, in fact, the kinds of problem solving and trust creation that social credit is, is, is supposed to help improve aren't separate from the political control elements. In a, in a sense, what happens um, over time, in the, in both conceptually and I think as technology evolves, is the merging of all these concepts. So even though there are things that are positive um, it's somewhat uh, to, to focus on those and the cons. You can't separate the two, if that makes sense, because they're actually um, they're actually intertwined. And so, yes, the pros could be something like improving efficiency, uh, administrative efficiency, improving enforcement, improving general trust, perhaps. But of course, even the concept of who's trustworthy is a politically based subject. Because if you look at something, you know, I just did a paper on China's digital currency strategy, and it, I think it's separate, but it's it's also a useful thing to point to. Um, the idea of um, I pointed out that the idea of an anti-terrorist financing um, or 
enforce, enforcement of anti-terrorist financing rules. Uh, the definition of who is a terrorist is obviously politically defined in the PRC system. So somebody once charged with that, uh, in a, uh, was sending money to her family in Australia, a Uyghur woman sending money to the family in Australia to buy a home and was charged with terrorist financing. And so what the problem is, 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 is really that baked into that idea of trust is, is the politics, just like it's baked into so many definitions of, of the, what the CCP defines as, as otherwise normal um, laws or, or regulations, for instance. Uh, but don't those uh, regulation and laws um, differ from um, region to region? For example, I've, I've um, learned that different regions have different rules and that sometimes there is a disparity between um, what some consider untrustworthy and what others consider um, trustworthy. So um, they probably would, um, the China government is going to eventually going to do is perhaps setting a standard uh, policy or regulations for the whole of the social security system. And perhaps that would be better uh, for them. I think um, the, so, so you're right in that there are different regulations across across a PRC um, and different definitions of, of what that system looks like across different regions. And I think that there will be a more national level uh, law at one point. But uh, but the point that I'm making about the politics being baked in is actually a more general point about the system itself. And so um, the the law in China, I mean, if you go back to, I, I think it's useful, it's another quote that I refer to a lot, I think it was 2018, November 2018, where Xi Jinping said, um, he said the law is there to essentially protect the party's power and improve its governing, the party's governing position. So it's about the party first. And I remember during my PhD research a number of years ago, I came across a quote from the 80s um, that essentially if he summed it up was the law is what we say it is whether or not it's written down and and that was actually uh, something that it was uh, i remember it was an article that was written for party members um so it it's uh the, the point is is that even if there are um differences in what's defined as maybe trust or tr untrustworthy the politicization of those concepts isn't going to go away under the current governing system and that's a risk that is inherent to the system, the social credit system itself. Yes. Um, so it is true that they're de developing the system almost to, to be perfect. So how long do you think it's going to take for other countries to implement their version or um, the Chinese version of the social security system? Um, well, I hope other countries aren't going to try to model uh, model after that system. I think it's a I think it's a bad idea, um, and I and I think uh, actually it calls into um, I think it should raise awareness about the way that we do financial credit uh, worthiness in, in in other countries. I mean, um, there is a very um, specific distinction between that and and what the party state is doing. But the useful thing to think about is that if we use unstructured data uh, to help inform uh, a financial credit score, for instance, that could be very discriminatory towards particular groups, maybe uh, uh, racial profiling and things like that. So. Um, and that already happens anyway, if you're, you're using things like people's addresses uh, and postcodes and know, and know that a particular area is, is, is um, um, in, in the US, for instance, like 
maybe uh, dominated by African Americans who who are then discriminated against in their credit score and their ability. So it's not as if that's that's specific to China. These are problems that are that are already there in terms of any sort of credit system. But this is very different in any way, uh, I believe. But it just sort of to answer your question about expansion. No, I don't want it. But we also need to think about it. <laughs> I don't think it should happen. Yeah, I mean, in, in, in the PRC, um, the argument about trust, uh, I think the other thing that I've seen in some research is the idea that people can be a little bit ambivalent around, around the system. Part of it is because they don't really know about it. But I think part of it is because they just are aware of the, the political system and the PRC itself. You know, it's kind of more natural, perhaps, to understand the implications of that system uh, as sort of normal, normal governance of the PRC with a tech layer added on top. Where it's harder for us in a liberal democracy maybe to understand yeah. that. Have a very different um, way of life is a communist party, very different to us. Um, mm. So yeah, so now regarding a more um, also current issue, um, so um, climate change. Um, so do you think that the social uh, credit system can be used to improve the current climate change by promoting green practices to both citizens and governments, uh, governments especially. What are your thoughts? Um, I, I could see that happening for sure, but I don't think that that's what solves the problems. In my view, it's good governance and it's uh, and it's building uh, actual rule of law, which, which doesn't exist in a system that's ruled by law. I think it's creating um, I think it's creating genuine trust in the system, and that's not what the social credit system is. Even if they claim that it's, you know, trust building, perhaps a little bit of trust building, but but that's not actually gonna, going to solve the problem of climate change. I think it's another it's another perhaps way of of putting another issue into a big bucket, <laughs> but it's not it's not the thing that the party needs to do to deal with with these issues. Okay, uh, so Samantha, it has been a pleasure talking to you. Um, thank you so much for sharing your views um, of the social security system. Thank you so much for having me.